Welcome to episode 86 of Killer Hangover. I'm Bettina. And I'm Beth. We've got a true crime story and a paranormal from Nebraska as well as a cocktail. Yes, we do. I have the paranormal story, so I had the cocktail this week. Smells really good. I'm really excited about this. Okay, so I literally just went on the Google and I Googled (laughs) Nebraska cocktail. Okay, and the first one I wanted to make okay. had ginger beer in it. Oh. And it's literally called the Nebraskan. <laughs> okay. Okay, and it's called that because there's corn in it. Like there's literal corn kernels floating in the floating drink. around in the drink. So I was even gonna have Alex drink it with mm, us because he loves he things loves floating. floating things in his drinks. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like I said, it has the main ingredient was like ginger beer, so I nixed that. I wanted to find something that we would actually enjoy. So several websites recommended. It's called the Nebraska Bulldog. Okay. And it's a shot. Oh, that's why they're so little in this class. Yes, it's a shot. And I found this on several websites, but (laughs) there's no description of why it's called this, (laughs) where it originated. We're just going with it. (laughs) So it's called the Nebraska Bulldog. Okay. It is one ounce of coconut rum no. and one ounce of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> you spent some time with this. <laughs> okay. I'm really excited about this shot. <laughs> Much better than the tequila from last week. And it smells really good. It does. Okay. It smells like it's going to be hard to do just one shot. That's why I put a few in this tumbler. Tumbler. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I made a tumbler of this drink and just we could pour it in these glasses. Well, cheers. Cheers, mama. Pour that over ice and I will be a very, very happy girl. Oh. What a fun combination. People are probably rolling their eyes at me. That's probably like a drink. Like Bacardi and Dr. Pepper is probably a drink. uh, We drink it like all the time. I've heard of like Bacardi and Diet. With Diet Pepsi or Bacardi and Sprite. Never mixed it with Dr. Pepper. Never mixed it with Dr. Pepper. Really good. Really good. Like, dangerously good. Like, I'm going to pour some more in my glass. Don't judge me. I just finished my shot. (laughs) I won't judge you. This is really good. Like, I'm not kidding. This is really good. I know you're not kidding. Baby is asleep. The toddlers are asleep. The cocktail is really good this week. And we're together. And we're not doing this virtually. This is going to be a good episode. It's good. All right. I've got a really weird story to tell you. Okay. It's really weird. Top off my glass and I'm ready for you, Mom. All right. This is the story of Sydney Irene Loof. L-O-O-F-E. I hope I'm saying that right. The last day anyone saw 24-year-old Sydney was November 15th, 2017. Which isn't the day this episode comes out, November fifteenth? Yes. Ooh, ladies and gentlemen, I had I had absolutely no idea. Chicken bumps. So weird. Okay, so Sydney was born in Broken Bow, Nebraska, on August twenty first, which happens to be Tom's birthday, nineteen ninety three, to George and Susie Loof. George was a school principal and Susie a special ed teacher. 
Sidney also had a brother, Levi, and sister, Mackenzie, and they were a very close family. After high school, Sidney worked for Menards in Norfolk and then transferred to the Menards in Lincoln, where she worked as a cashier. And even after her move, she and her family remained very close, speaking most every day, especially her and her mother. Mm-hmm. And they also tried very hard to meet up uh, weekly for dinner. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, Sydney also, as with many people, unfortunately, in today's society, suffered from depression. Mm. And she had just received a new medicine that she told her mother she thought it was starting to really work. So she was thinking of starting a new job and just kind of starting life over again. Mm -hmm. She felt good about things. Even when she was on the old medicine and she was depressed, Sydney could really cover it up. The people she worked with at Menards absolutely loved her. Customers thought she was one of the most friendliest people that they had, you know, that they'd worked with. She always got compliments, always got written up as far as a good employee. Depression is such a, I don't know, it's got so many layers to it. It does. Look at the comedians out there that suffer from depression. Robin Williams. Yeah. And for some people, it's easy to hide. Mm -hmm. You'd never know it. Now, Sydney had many friends. I mean, it wasn't like she was by herself. And people really cared about her because she really cared about people. She loved animals, especially her cat, Mimsy, which I thought was the cutest name That's ever. That's actually a really cute name. <laughs> Mimsy, who lived with her in her apartment in Lincoln. On November 15th, Sydney was exceptionally excited because she was going on the second date with someone she had met on Tinder. Okay, now... I've got to admit to you. You were on Tinder? (laughs) Tom and I did not meet on Tinder. That was a long pause. What are you admitting? No, I just like, I I know it's an app and I know it's an app where people meet up. I don't know, meet each other. Mm -hmm. But in my days, we didn't have these things. So I have quite honestly never, ever used anything like this. So I don't know how. I didn't either. So I don't even, I don't really know how it works, but I know it works and it works out for a lot of people. In this day and age, it's kind of the way to meet. To meet people. Your person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So Sydney's going on the second date. She's super excited. Awesome. Her and this woman named Aubrey had had their first date the night before. And even though they didn't really go anywhere, they did drive around all night. So and- two nights in a row. Yeah. Wow. And they talked and they got to know each other, you know, really enjoyed each other's company. So when Aubrey asked Sydney for a second date, Sydney very readily agreed. And she did say, though, she said, it'll just be you and I, right? We're going to drive around again. It'll just be you and I. It is one thing that she did ask. Why? I don't know. Maybe she had an inkling about something. I don't yeah, know. That's interesting. But of course, Aubrey said, yeah, yeah, it's just going to be us. That evening, Sydney even posted a picture of herself on Snapchat with the caption, ready for my date. Aww. And she's posing for it. On November 16th, Sydney was scheduled to work. She didn't show up. Gosh darn it, here it goes. This was very unusual for her. She didn't call, you know, to say she wasn't coming. This is very unusual for her. So what the employees did, now this is, this strikes me as either Menard's employees are really close to to each other <laughs> or Sydney just had people who really cared about her because these employees called the police. 
right away. Yes. The employees did. And they said, can you do a welfare check? Wow. Well, that must have just totally been totally out of her character. I know. But what I'm saying is that, yeah, they they must have really been close or cared about mm-hmm. each other. So Yeah. So the police did do a welfare check right, you know, right when they called. They didn't see anything out. You know, she lived in a duplex and they kind of looked into the window. The door is locked. They looked in the window. They didn't see any struggle, sign of struggle or anything. Her car was in the parking lot um, of the duplex area. Um, They looked at her car. It was fine. No struggle. No sign that anything was wrong. Okay. So welfare check done. So they told the employees you know, we didn't see anything. They did what they could. The, the employees called her family right away. Oh. Yep. And her mother and father didn't waste any time. They got in the car and they drove right away to Lincoln. I guess they must have had a key or something. Sure. They went into the apartment. They didn't see anything either except for the cat hadn't been fed. Mimsy. And Mimsy hadn't doesn't didn't have any water. And this was something that Sydney would never have done. Sorry, I got distracted. I got an alert for my ring saying that people are stealing packages off people's front porches. And that just makes me so mad. Jeez. Sorry. Crime after crime after crime. Yeah. Go on, Mom. All right. I don't know where I was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it gives me time to pour another drink. <laughs> so the fact that the cat hadn't been fed or she didn't have water was a huge alert. Huge red flag. For her parents. They called the police then. Uh, the police came out... <laughs> I'm trying to find my place. <laughs> the police came out again, this time taking the matter just a little bit more seriously. They did look at Sydney's phone records and noticed that her phone last pinged off of a cell tower close to an apartment where a woman named Bailey Boswell lived. It okay. turned out that 26-year-old Bailey was Aubrey. So Aubrey was her tender name. That's what she used. Am I saying that wrong? It just sounds like a superhero name, (laughs) an alias. I think she had several aliases, but Aubrey was one of her favorites. And yeah, so that's the name she used on Tinder to match up. I'm sure that's probably maybe normal. What people do. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, no. I kept thinking of that movie Clickbait. That show on Netflix? (laughs) Yeah, that we watched. So, like, so bad it was good. Like, so (laughs) good it was bad. I don't know how to phrase that. Anyway. I don't. I don't know if that's normal or not to use a different alias. I. I mean. Yep. We're out of it, Beth. We're just I know. out of it. Golly. So police spoke to Bailey, who did in fact tell them yes. She and Sydney had gone out twice, but the last time she saw Sydney was when she dropped her off at Sydney's friend's house after their date on November fifteenth. Now, just a note here, um, so that you can kind of get a point of reference. Lincoln is about forty miles north of Wilbur where Bailey lives. Okay, so Bailey drove up to Lincoln and picked up Sydney. Okay. Drove either back down and rode around there or rode around in between those towns. First of all, what an odd date to, to just, just drive, drive around. around. Well, I think they... Is that a normal Tinder date? Looking at me? I don't know. <laughs> they also smoked some pot okay. and drank well, and drank while they were driving around. But... Okay, well, that's dumb. <laughs> that's even more dumb. <laughs> Anyway, <sighs> kids these days, <laughs> I swear. <laughs> so now police want to have a real sit down with Bailey, but <laughs> lo and behold, they can't find her. Oh, great. She and her live-in boyfriend. Wait, what? Oh, no. Story. 51-year-old Aubrey 
trail have fled. So his name is Aubrey. <laughs> his name is Aubrey. And he's like twice her age. 51. Okay. Yes. Okay. They're Following. Gone. While on the run, the couple posts a video on Facebook. And this video was the strangest thing. I watched it. Okay. <laughs> so. Well, they're probably driving around smoking and drinking. He's he's kind of in the background. The police haven't charged them with anything. Uh, nothing. Right. So driving far. Under the influence. Okay. But he's in the background. She's in the foreground. And he's just ranting and raving. And she's sitting, it's so creepy. She's sitting there, she's got a hoodie on, okay, and she's thin. She's got a real thin face. She's got a hoodie on and these big, dark glasses. And she's just sitting there, staring, I guess, straight ahead. You can't really tell because they're dark glasses, but she's just sitting there. Like she's, sunglasses. Yeah, she's okay. not moving. She's just sitting there in the foreground, just like like she was a, a dummy or, a, you know, a mannequin. Okay. Weirdest thing. And he's just in the back. And, and he's ranting? ranting and raving about how they had nothing to do with this and, you know, the killing of this girl and blah, blah, blah. She's not nodding her head in agreement. She's not doing anything. She's not moving. It, it's creepy, actually. Oh, chicken bumps. So, like I said, Aubrey does most of the talking, yakking about how the police think that they're guilty of doing something to Sydney, but they're oh, totally gosh. innocent. Aubrey is a guy. Gosh, now I'm like, okay, gotcha. Well, not totally. He does m admit that he's done a lot of bad things in his time, but oh, he has never laid a hand on a woman, let alone killed one. Quote, I'm not saying I'm a nice guy. I'm a crook. I'm a thief. Have been all my life. Okay, but I'm not what you're trying to make me out to be. This guy sounds lovely. The whole time he's talking and she's just sitting there staring straight ahead. Just weirdest thing. When she does speak, she admits that she and Sydney did go out on two dates. They drove around, talked, and smoked some weed. After the second date, Bailey said she dropped Sydney off, gave her her phone number, but had not heard from her. The video ends with Aubrey saying, I wish the family the best. I mean no disrespect to anyone. And as far as the police department, F you. Well, he didn't say anyway. He said the word. <laughs> and Bailey emphasizes the last part by flipping off the camera. And that's the end of that. Okay. Now, I think it was close to five minutes. Okay. Of all this ranting and stuff. It's not on Facebook anymore, but I found it on like a YouTube thing. Okay. Now, remember... The police have not charged these people with any of this. And they're, they're nothing. just like going on. They're not even on, suspects. They're, they're just going just, on defense. Yeah. And they're saying not even suspects this. yet. They're just being yeah. asked some questions. So the charming couple was arrested <laughs> in Branson, Missouri. Okay. On warrants due to them transporting stolen goods, which they labeled antiques. And so that was their gig, I guess. Um, and actually, the thing that really got them is they sold was like $40,000 or something worth of gold coins that were supposedly antique coins to an Where older... Where did they even get those? Older couple in Kansas. Okay. But they had been doing this gig for a little while, just transporting antiques that weren't really antiques. I don't know. They, they weren't honest people. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> so police start investigating the couple seriously now they find that on november 15th at around 10 30 a.m there is a surveillance video at home depot in lincoln which shows the couple buying tools including a hacksaw 
tin snips, and utility knife. A video at a dollar store shows Bailey buying boxes of garbage bags and several gallon containers of bleach. And this is before their first date. No, this is the, this is the, day, the day of their of... second date, the 15th. At noon, according to phone records and security video, Bailey texted Sydney asking her how her day was going. Normal, fine, okay. But here's the creepy part. She texted her from outside of the m- Menards that Sydney was working at. Okay. And Just... this is before their second date. Mm-hmm. This is the 15th. All this is happening on the 15th. Okay. Weird. Looking into... And, and she's not she's not saying, hey, girl, I'm right outside. You know, can you take a yeah. break or whatever? Yeah. She's creepily saying, How's hey, your day? How's your day? As she's outside. Yeah. Ooh. I don't know. That gave me the creeps. I don't know why, but it did. So well, looking, where was Aubrey? With her. Just waiting in the car? Yeah. Like, they've been driving around. It was after they bought the hacksaw and everything. So, looking into Bailey's phone records, investigators noted that her phone had pinged at a tower in a rural area some 90 miles southwest of Lincoln on November 16th. What was she doing in that area? I mean, she had no family. She had nothing down there. Well, this girl liked to drive around randomly. and smoke pot. So weird. On December 4th, authorities conducted a search in that rural area and found several black trash bags filled with the dismembered remains of Sydney Loof. Jeez. Now, this may be a little graphic, but <clears throat> I found it to be um, also very sad. So I guess there, there were some organs that were missing, like her heart and her lungs were missing, and also um, part of an arm was missing. And the reasons they found the, these bags to begin with is they saw a hand sticking out of one of the bags. Oof, oof. So, but what I found was sad was there was a tattoo on one of the arms and it read, quote, everything will be wonderful someday. Mm. Sydney's death was, of course, called a homicide and her death caused by strangulation. An autopsy was performed on the body parts. And because of the injuries and abrasions. How do you even do an autopsy on that? Well, on the, I mean, the body was chopped up. Like, how do you. You can determine what was used. Okay. You know, you can determine maybe particles or things on the parts, you know, the body parts, uh, DNA, you know. Okay, so retract that question. I (laughs) get it now. (laughs) You know, so the autopsy was performed and because of the injuries and abrasions found on some of the body parts, it was determined that Sydney put up quite a fight before she was killed. Good for her. So Bailey and Aubrey were both charged with Sydney's murder. But it was determined that they would have separate trials. Now, on to the trials, because, (laughs) oh yes, this story (laughs) has even more twisted parts to it. Although the trials were separate, the prosecution was essentially the same. They argued that Sydney was lured to the basement home of Bailey and Aubrey November 15th. She had had an enjoyable time with Bailey the night before, so there was a bit of trust established there, you know. Okay, so... Their first date was on the 14th. Correct. Their second date was on the 15th. Correct. And she was standing outside the Menards texting her on the 15th. Yes. And they bought all the the hacksaw, the bleach, all that stuff on the 15th. And then the 16th is when she did not come to work. Correct, Amundo. Okay. Following along with me. I'm following you. Two shots in, 
following you. Okay. We don't know whether Sydney knew about Aubrey or that he was at home that night. I mean, we just won't know the true story on this. But the prosecution stated that Bailey and Aubrey planned on Sydney coming to their home that night and, in fact, planned on killing her shortly after she entered the apartment. He had to have known. He was there doing the shopping with her, getting the bleach and the hacksaw and the bag. No, they were, you're getting names mixed up, which I, so they didn't know whether Sydney knew about Aubrey, the man. Okay, gosh darn it. <laughs> Why did you let me take that second drink? So now you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is, a, these trials are against Bailey and Aubrey. Okay? Got it, mom. <laughs> right. But they're saying it's premeditated. Well, because, no, duh. I mean, they bought all that stuff. Stores and stuff, right. The two killed Sydney, said the prosecution, to fulfill a shared sexual fantasy. Sydney may have been the first woman the two have killed, but she wasn't the first to be lured by them. Mm. The jury actually heard the testimony of three other women. Who three? Said, who, and that's the three that came forward. Who said that they Jeez. had been contacted on Tinder by Bailey, and it wasn't long after they met that they engaged in sexual activity with Bailey and Aubrey consensually. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. One of the witnesses stated that she had been invited by Aubrey to join his cult. Oh boy. Yep. Yeah, heard that right. Oh boy. The women of the cult were referred to as witches. Bailey Fun. being the queen witch. But Queen Witch. You had to kill someone to be a true member of the cult. <sighs> Sounds kind of crazy, eh? But what Aubrey first told the police when they interviewed him is Okay, I'm not here to judge, so I'm gonna let you do that. <laughs> Great, thanks. You see, he and Bailey were members of a sex cult. He was a vampire. And sometimes he could fly. And that of course made him the leader <sighs> of the cult. The women were witches, but their power increased when they tortured and killed another woman. Sydney, Aubrey said, had knowingly joined the couple in sex, but things got out of hand and she was accidentally strangled with an extension cord. After they bought a hacksaw and everything else. As to why. As to why Sydney was dismembered. Well... It was part of the ritual. Of course. Part of his religious beliefs. Sure. Her blood had to be drained. Had to. So her soul could be released to the gods and she could be reincarnated faster. Of course. Okay. So that's what he told the police. Well, it makes perfect sense. (laughs) Telling you. That is like the best alibi. Best reasonings. Okay. So now we're at the trial and he stated that no, there wasn't a cult. He never talked about witches and vampires and rituals. He maintained, though, that Sidney was accidentally killed during a sex act. But the only reason he dismembered her was to more easily get her out of the apartment. Okay. So it sounds like he had a few words with his lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Think. (laughs) He drove to the field to dump her body because he had panicked and didn't know what else to do. Okay lawyer speak (laughs) yes exactly so if it was an accident why didn't he call the police and report the incident good question well they probably wouldn't believe me he said 
And he's probably right. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, which story is he going to be telling when he makes that call? I don't know. So as I said, there are two separate trials. Aubrey's is first. And for some reason, and I couldn't figure out why, I couldn't find it anywhere, but he was wheeled into the courtroom in a wheelchair. Well, he's getting weak. He's his cold. <laughs> he's not doing his weakened. rituals. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. On June 24th, 2019, during the court proceedings. Okay, so this is right in the middle of his, of his trial. Okay. okay. So prosecutors talking defense you know the the trial's blah, going blah, blah, on blah, blah. trial's going all on. of a sudden he shouts on the top of his voice bailey is innocent and i curse you all then he slashes his own throat what? with a razor blade and falls out of his wheelchair the dramatics with this guy <laughs> oh my gosh it is like i think it was like three slashes or something can to you his imagine throat. being a jury member on and that and watching that. that how traumatic that would be it would be ter- terrible because obviously <gasps> i mean i hate to be graphic Gosh. but blood would be gushing everywhere oh they had to call oh, you know he gosh. had to be put on a gurney and gotten out really of there in a wheelchair then he wasn't in a wheelchair well really <laughs> wheeled out then that's what i meant to say <laughs> okay you shouldn't Sorry. be laughing this guy has some issues <laughs> stop laughing Pink. Two weeks later, Aubrey's back in court and he's just got these like scars on his neck. Okay. He didn't do himself any great damage. He survived. He is eventually found guilty of first degree murder. And in 2021, a three judge panel gave Aubrey the death penalty for the murder of Sidney Loof. Now, what did Bailey get? Bailey Boswell's trial began in October of 2019. Her defense was that she, too, was a victim of Aubrey's. I knew it. I knew she was going to pull that card. And she had nothing to do with the murder of Sydney. Ew, 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 ew. Her defense also stated that she was sexually molested in college and that she suffered from PTSD because of that. And that because that happened, she easily puts herself in the place of being a victim. In other words, she's easily victimized. And that could very well be true. She could easily be a victim, but there's no way she didn't have anything to do with this murder. First of all, she's the one on Tinder getting the girls. Yeah. Okay. So she's bringing the women in. Well, that could have been, he could have been forcing her to do that. Then there were some, I guess they were living the high life um this one what selling antique coins yeah they were actually making a lot of money and there's a picture of her like flashing the money and throwing them on her body and stuff oh um, wow she she was enjoying These are gold coins <laughs> i don't know the antiques i guess brought in some money they were swindlers and i guess once leprechauns. A, once in a while they made money i don't know but she enjoyed living this life with this man so i i don't think she was a victim. I'm sorry. The jury also was not convinced, and Bailey was convicted of first-degree murder. Hmm. After the verdict, Bailey spoke for the first time, pleading that her life be spared. She has a five-year-old daughter that needs, quote, a mommy. Well, uh, all of a sudden, she has a daughter? Uh-huh. The daughter is like, hardly ever spoken of. But let's use that as a... Yeah, that's her That excuse. is so sad. My, that poor little girl. My daughter needs a mommy, and that was a quote. But you weren't being a mommy before. Uh, exactly. I don't know if she was even spending time with the child, because she was with this Aubrey guy. 
So a three-judge panel will meet November 8. We're the two-judge panel over here, and I judge this (laughs) chick guilty. So, well, they're going to determine whether she will receive a life sentence with a death penalty, as Aubrey did. If Bailey receives the death penalty, she will be the first woman in Nebraska sentenced to death. When is this? November 8th, a week before this comes out. We're recording this early, if you hadn't guessed. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> so a few weeks early. I just thought with all the twists and turns of this story, it was really interesting. Sad. Uh, bizarre. Biz- and sad. Uh, bizarre. Bizarre. Yes. Mm. Strange. Hi, this is Bettina, and I've got an update on the Bailey Boswell sentencing. On November 8th, the three-judge panel sentenced Bailey to life in prison, not the death penalty for her part in the murder of Sydney. According to Three News Now, two judges on the panel believed the murder was exceptionally depraved and Bailey qualified for the death penalty, but one judge disagreed, which was all Bailey needed not to receive the death penalty, but instead life in prison. Bailey's defense attorney has said that he will appeal her conviction of first-degree murder. So, the saga may continue. So sad. Poor Sydney. Just, it's, it's just so sad that, I mean, pe- people meet on Tinder. They, make, they meet their life mates, you know. No, it, Tinder, it Actu- works for people. It does work for people, but me being so into true crime and and everything, I would be a nerve. I I don't know if I trust anybody I met online. Well, I just because there's bad people out there that will use anything to to entrap people. Now, I do have to add here that I also read that Tinder works just whatever the authorities asked for. Tinder gave them. I mean, they were very open to right. helping with solving this case. That's that's good. But I mean, it's not Tinder's fault, you know, that's not their fart. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that drink. <laughs> it's not their fault, you know, and I'm happy that. They're, Why? You're already slurring <laughs> that they're, you know, helping in situations like this. Ugh. All right. Well, you finish that tumbler off there, mom. <laughs> this is so good. This is so good. I do have a question, though. Yes. Well, you can't answer it. I'm not asking you. I don't I'm know. asking <laughs> the void right now. Why is this called the bulldog? The Nebraskan no bulldog. Listeners, please let me know. You're going to ask me some intense question about my true crime. No. But no, we're reverting Way more back intense question. to <laughs> the drink. Okay. Way more intense question. Listeners, why is this called? I, I looked. I don't know. Woof, woof. It's good. <laughs> the nebraska corn huskers right there's no nebraska bulldog team of any sort are there maybe not that i know of i only know of the corn huskers and this is called the nebraska bulldog cocktail and i got it on cocktailbuilder.com it was on a few different websites it was even on pinterest oh jeez. so i okay i will point out one problem with this drink what is too easy to drink <laughs> no it is i know I mean, you take a sip but that just isn't quite enough and so then you take a really big drink forget the sip and we i used diet dr pepper i don't know if that makes a difference but it's really 
good. Yeah. All right. So let's see how good this paranormal will be after I've had a few of these. This was supposed to be a shot, not a drink, but I've <laughs> turned true. it. I've turned it into <laughs> a drink. Yikes. Okay. So this was a request from a few of our Nebraska listeners, which I love. Guys, send in your requests. I, I we love that. We do, and it helps us. Kind of gives us a direction. Well, and th- especially like this one. This one. It's not like a big, well-known place. This isn't like a big abandoned facility or so that's a even, well-known that's haunted even house. better. Exactly. Now, it, you know, it's a little difficult for me to find research on it sometimes. But so I had a few resources for this, but it, it makes it more interesting, I think. Yeah. It's not this big, well-known place. So shout out to Kaylee and Jason. Uh, you guys asked and you shall receive. I'm going <laughs> to be covering Ball Cemetery in Springfield, Nebraska. I must lead the story with a little fact. The cemetery is privately owned. Oh. All the videos and all the photos and all the resources stated this. And I wanted to start with that. Okay. It's surrounded by, I mean, like it's surrounded like, it looks like a barbed wire fence and it has like a gate and everything, but it's marked private property. Okay. So don't be thinking you can jump up there with your apps and start. Tindering up there? Yeah, no. No tendering from Baldwood. 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 Ball Cemetery. <laughs> that one. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. So, like I said, there wasn't a lot on the cemetery, but I read a lot of the comments on the few YouTube videos and articles I read. Okay. So that kind of made it fun too. Personal experiences written in the comment section is always. My jam. And a few of these stated that they were chased off the property by a man, probably the guy that oversees the property. (laughs) The guy that owns the property. One comment on doyousseedeadpeople.org. Huh? There's a... Really? Yeah. Yeah. Doyousseedeadpeople.org. Okay. Uh, It was a comment from a guy named Ryan. Quote, my friends and I were chased off the property by a guy in a truck with a shotgun. Fun times, unquote. So keep that in mind if your plan is to go jump to Ballwood (laughs) to Ball Cemetery. From what I understand, a lot of family members to those buried there have come together and created the Ball Cemetery Association. They keep the cemetery clean. They, you know, upkeep it and whatnot. Because it's a really old cemetery. One family owned this property? Well, let me get to the history, mom. (laughs) Um, they've also installed trail cams, so wow, they're serious. They about are this. gonna catch you, and I don't. I mean, I don't blame them. This place is like you know, it's where people are laid to rest, and it's kind of become this double dog dare you kind of location yeah. where teenagers go out and party Par- and paranormal investigators. Yeah, go out. I mean, a lot of comments had like th- that they used to go party out there as a teenager, and and several of the old tombstones. They look to have been vandalized and pushed over. So that's that, like, that's sad. I mean, that's the final resting place for people. That's so rude. I know. I just can't imagine partying at a in a cemetery. That just... And those people deserve to be haunted or at least chased by a but guy in a, a truck, truck with a with shotgun. A Gosh. So this cemetery began as a family cemetery for the Ball family. Okay. Its oldest tombstone dates back to 1869. And from what I read, the Ball family still owns it to this day. 
The address listed for the cemetery is 2999 South 176th Street in Springfield. I don't think that leads you to the cemetery. I think that actually leads you to the local farmhouse, which is, I'm assuming, the guy in the truck with the shotgun. (laughs) And they just ask that you ask permission before going to the cemetery. Oh, I see. Okay. But the cemetery is literally out in the middle of nowhere. I will have to post a picture because it's like... There's a cemetery. It's surrounded by tons of woods. And then that's surrounded by tons of farmland. Like it, there's there's nothing nearby. Just farm. Just saying that's where the woods come in. Ball wood. You're just, you're just making an excuse. You're just making an excuse for not listening to me. <laughs> so like I said, it's in this grove of trees. And the tombstones are just placed among the trees. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really interesting because it's like, don't trees have roots? Like... How has this not pushed a body out yet? Especially from one from 1860, yeah. whatever I said, 1869. They're just buried under these, tr- well, not under the trees, but eventually they would be under the trees. Yeah. And it's not like this, like a ton of tree, but it's among trees. There's no like line of tombstones. I got you. It's Open, just kind of right. scattered in this, it's a small area. It's not very large at all. This in itself, I think, gives the cemetery an even spookier vibe because it's surrounded by nothing. It's so quiet, you could hear a pin drop. So any noise, any noise at all, would probably scare you. Yeah. This kid, Mason Zinzer, did a YouTube video on the cemetery called Storytime, Ball Cemetery is Haunted. And he even notes how just so quiet and eerie it is. So he goes to the cemetery in this video, and he's kind of given giving a story. He's telling a story about how when he first came out there a few years ago with a friend, and they trespassed, and they went out there, and he got spooked by something. So he in the video, he's going there during the day, mm-hmm. sharing this story. <laughs> Not at night. And he's getting chills during the day as really? he's telling it. And I even got kind of spooked just watching. It's daytime. And the whole time, it's very quiet, except for these crows, mm. like, cawing. In the, yeah. I mean, and he's, like, telling the story, and he'll stop. He's like, these crows are freaking me out. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we have a lot of these cemeteries around us. Like, if you're driving through farmland, you'll Ooh. find these little scattered cemeteries. I'm sure they all have their own. Almost like patches. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just small patches of land that have, I don't know, 10 headstones or something yeah and i've stopped and walked around a few of them if i see one i usually do stop because i like to see how old they are and if it is all a family that just really interests me Mm -hmm. but i've never been creeped out in one of those this one just seems so creepy i think because it's in such thick woods and then the farmland and i think you know people always they mentioned how like just dark it felt at the cemetery well it's just because it's just trees everywhere i don't know just the vibe of the cemetery which is very creepy Mm -hmm. okay so like i said it started as a family cemetery for the ball family but later on the family let others be buried there and don't ask how many plots i know you were about to i couldn't find the exact number of plots i knew you were about to but it started as a family cemetery for the local pioneer family the balls and it is one of the oldest cemeteries in nebraska wow okay it's also the burial site of william lydiard the diard lydiard let's just say that uh he was better known as rattlesnake pete nice guy so he was a local of springfield back in the day he was actually the elected local marshal and 
implements dealer. <laughs> okay. He literally looked the part like straight out of a Western with like the long handlebar mustache. And he was actually known as the fastest on the draw of all the U.S. Marshals. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, Mr. William took his handlebar mustache and ditched his duties as Marshal and went off with William Cody, who is Buffalo Bill. Now, I just made that sound like they ran off together, but... (laughs) He joined up Tinder, with Tinder was back then too. <laughs> he joined up with Buffalo Bill doing all the Wild West stuff, nothing romantic. He died out in the out on the West Coast, but his body was shipped back to be buried at Ball Cemetery. Interesting, because that's where he used to be the marshal in Springfield. Yeah. Okay. An apparition of a man is seen a lot at Ball Cemetery. A tall, thin man walking the cemetery in the dark and this phantom does not take too kindly to visitors people report being pulled being pushed and being shoved what's the difference between pushed and shoved honestly i don't know but those two (laughs) verbs were used a lot together in my research many visitors to the cemetery late at night will find unexplainable bruises or scratches on their bodies oh When they, like in the morning when they wake up and stuff. I wake up with bruises all the time. (laughs) I don't know how I bruise myself, but I always do. Yeah. Is this rattlesnake Pete? He come to visit you? No. Bruising them, not me. (laughs) Okay. Because there's no other men buried at the cemetery. Apparently it has to be rattlesnake Pete. Yeah. And it couldn't possibly be them running into headstones or anything that would bruise them. That would suck running into a headstone. It would, but these, it would leave a nasty bruise. <laughs> but you would know where the bruise came from. These people wake up with scratches and they're well, like, unless I Unless you've been doing some of this, what do you call it? Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A woman is also seen and heard in the cemetery. Actually, most of the creepy stories I heard involved a woman spirit. She seems to be an intelligent spirit who will lurk in the trees just beyond where you're able to see her. Like... Kind of like be a shadow. A, yeah. Yeah. Just enough to spook you. A woman's screams can be heard. And this is creepy. But a woman with long black hair is seen just standing in long black gowns in the cemetery. Oh. It's Ooh. almost better if they walk. I know. And then just, just lurking, just standing. Yeah. Just Why standing is that there. so creepy? She's wearing black, though. She's not wearing and white. And she's not wearing white. And I have to mention that, like, the pushing, the shoving, and the lurking, like, this is spirits trying to scare the visitors. Like, a lot of the ghost stories we've shared, the spirits want to, like, make themselves known. Communicate. Yeah, just, we're here, or mm-hmm. if they are intelligent spirits. Mm-hmm. But these spirits just seem a little more... Aggressive, maybe? Yeah, and just, like, like they want to scare the people away. So between them and the guy with the shotgun, the live guy. Yeah, I'm scared. I don't want to (laughs) go. I don't want to go either. (laughs) Like that kid I mentioned earlier, Mason, his story he shared on his YouTube video. So he walked in with a friend. They're standing in the middle of the cemetery, not in the video, but he's telling the story about how when he went, they, they were standing in the middle of the cemetery and they saw this extremely tall black figure lurking behind a tree a few yards ahead of them. The figure just started to slowly walk towards them. Ooh. 
they this run. Is at, this is at night. This they were at there night. at night. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. This figure is just slowly walking towards them. They turn, they run back to their vehicle, and this figure just keeps slowly walking towards them. Oh. Until it reached Ooh. the fence of the cemetery and it just vanished. Stopped. Oh my gosh. Like they can't step beyond. The fact that it's walking. Like it's just slowly. Okay, now you have to decide at you. what is creepy. A woman just standing there or something creepily slowly, slowly walking, walking towards, towards you? you. I can't pick. <laughs> I can't pick. Some people have felt their clothing being tugged and then the sound of a woman's laughter. People have taken photos and have gotten lots of strange mists in their photos. Like orbs are tough because in the woods, especially if they're being drawn to the light of the camera, a bug, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But a mist. I don't know. I just find that really creepy Like to see. Not like a don't picture like a mist on the ground. Like I think that would probably become it like this mist like figure mm-hmm. would be hard to to create out in the middle of the woods there's no like extra lighting hard to explain yeah thank you for correcting me (laughs) one story i read was of this guy and his friends they went out there and the whole time this guy just felt like he was being watched he didn't really want to go to the cemetery but couldn't just stay back in the car by himself i mean what's creepier (laughs) so he goes in with this group some of the people he didn't know and he's out there and this one kid that he didn't know kicks over a headstone Ooh. a lot of the kids out there got scared after that happened and, and they all run out of the cemetery and this guy who's sharing the story said that he didn't feel right about witnessing that and not correcting it so he the guy who kicked over the headstone and a couple other guys went out there to go push the headstone back up the next day or the that, same, night. that yeah. same night they're like okay. that just wasn't right we shouldn't have run away we should go apologize and put the headstone back up they go to that headstone and when they get there they find the ground is covered in headstones what all the headstones around the headstone had fallen down and this is a story i read in multiple places that that is that people will one minute the headstones will be up and the other minute they'll be down or they'll be up like they're just falling by themselves creepy wow People say they hear or see headstones falling by themselves. Now we're talking heavy stone. And then they go back to check and they're back up. No. So a Mary Mumford haunts the cemetery and it's assumed she's the woman in black. Okay. So there's a paranormal group, PRISM, Paranormal Research and Investigative Studies. They've done a few investigations there. Their website is that doyouseedeadpeople.org. Okay. They've captured EVPs of whispers. Their meters go off in response to questions. Like they'd ask, um, Mary, is that you? And the meter will beep. Mm-hmm. So they get a response that it's Mary. And I and guess that's what the you meant by an intelligent. Yes. They're spirit. the they're the ones, I guess, who named her. I don't know. So Mary haunts there. But the founder of PRISM, David Pierce Rodriguez, he was on an episode of one of the Unsolved Mysteries podcasts. I believe it was episode one of the Unsolved oh. Mysteries podcast. They covered Ball Cemetery. And they made a good point. They're out in the middle of nowhere. And besides their cell phones, there's no electricity running through the cemetery. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So if you are not a believer, how can you justify these electrical spikes causing all their meters and stuff to react? I don't know. You, you can't. These meters only react to electrical currents. Interesting. 
They also mentioned that the Platte River runs just south of the cemetery. So that could possibly act as like a generator for spirits running water. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the scariest part. And not I'm sorry, it's popping not, down and popping back up. That's kind of creepy. And I'm sorry, it's not a feline. Feline? Feline? <laughs> feline makes sense because it's a cat. <laughs> it's not a feline. It's a feline. <laughs> Many comments I read and stories I heard included handprints being found on cars. Ooh. Like the people get out and look around the cemetery, and when they return to their car, they find handprints. Where? On their vehicles. I know, but where? On their vehicles. (laughs) (laughs) There's many stories. So like on their windows, on the back of the car, on the top of the car. Like this was a comment left on Mason's YouTube video that I mentioned before. This is from a Nicole Catherine. When I went a couple years ago, when I got home, there were handprints in the dust on the back of my car and no one went to the back. Then in response to that comment... A Beric the Great commented, same with me. We were out there one night. There were handprints all over the truck as well. It was a bit creepy. Oh, my gosh. Just handprints. handprints. Ew. Yeah. So I'd say stay away. (laughs) The spirits don't seem to want you there. And the guy in the truck with the shotgun doesn't seem to want you there either. So... Either you'll be haunted or you'll be shot. <laughs> or you'll be pushed or shoved. Or and find shoved. out the difference between those two. You'll be bruised. Or scratched. Or scratched. And you won't know how. <laughs> or you might get a tombstone falling on top of you. I really want to see pictures. Yeah, it's just this little old yeah cemetery. You know what's interesting to me? So there's cemeteries like this all over. All yeah. over the United States. Why are some of those brought to the attention of, like, for instance, us and others? There's, they're just cemeteries. Uh-huh. You know, what makes one haunted? What and makes one, one, I see what you're saying. What makes one cemetery more haunted than the other? Than the I other. don't know. The you people know, that are buried there or the fact that people have probably been breaking into this one with Ouija boards and doing stupid crap. and Or is it? I know you hate when I do this, but is it just myths that start and then just, just legend over time that and grows then and then you becomes... are in a grove of trees and you in fr- an old cemetery where At these night. stories have come out. It could easily just be another tree behind another tree. Your eyes are playing tricks on you. There are no lights. You're freaked out anyway being there. Sure. So womp womp womp. I know you hate when Gosh. I do that. I'm just I'm just interested is why would one cemetery be haunted and then another cemetery And I'm be? interested in why this is called Nebraska Bulldog. <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> so few answers. <laughs> oh. The end. <laughs> so next week I think we're going to have to do it virtually. We don't know. Okay. But we're doing Illinois. Next week, we are doing Illinois. Okie dokie. I have another really good true crime story for you. All right. And I have a rather creepy paranormal. Lurking figures. Nope. One that's something we have never talked about yet. Ooh. A haunted car. Oh, my gosh. How did you know? <laughs> Christine. Wasn't that, what was, isn't that the name of the car? <laughs> what? Herbie? It's- the love bug. No, Stephen King wrote about a haunted car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Herbie the love bug is the first car that came to my mind. Mm, it was not Stephen King. 
what a twist. <laughs> you can find all the resources for this episode as well as photos from this episode on our website, killerhangoverpodcast.com. Join us on Patreon. This cocktail was brought to you by our patrons. Thank you very much. Thank you for buying us the drink this episode. Hey, just saying. Special thanks because it was yummy. (laughs) There's a couple of really good interviews that I did. Not saying that I'm a good interviewer. Wow. (laughs) I'm just saying that I interviewed two very interesting former detectives. Yes. And they had some really interesting things to say. I found that it was fun to interview them also. One gives this great, like, step-by-step of what they do to crime. The other was undercover deep, for a time. Deep undercover. Deep and undercover. And he talks about that. And that, oh, it's, it's very, you did do a really good job. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, I just had really interesting people to interview. It was fun. So there's several uh, little extras on there and as soon as you become a patron you can go back and listen to all the, all the extra ones. episodes episodes will be released early for you we like to send our patrons little gifties here and there thank you to our patrons and join us the link is in the description of this episode you can also find the link on our website but it's www.patreon.com backslash killer hangover podcast yep there's also an app or just look for us on the patreon app we're there hey oh boy cool news too i think cool we're g- news too i think we're gonna have some christmas merch maybe yes we're getting some merchandise you've asked and we are in the process of making maybe by the time this episode comes out actually we will have a, a list of something we'll have them in our hands I'm so excited though. I'm so stinking excited. They're gonna be fun. I am really excited. We got some stemless wine glasses, some shot glasses. Shot glasses, y'all. <laughs> so fun. So check out our website, see if we've updated if we have the merch yet. We'll also post it on our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. We got a TikTok where I post some cocktail recipes. You can see me. That's right. We're TikToking now. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Not Tinder, but we're TikToking. Oh my gosh. I gotta go night night. I'm tired. <laughs> the TikTok is TikToking and we gotta go night night. <laughs> the bulldog is barking and I need to go to bed. Another fun episode, Mom. It was. It's just fun being with you, honey. It's just fun all around. Cheers, Mama. Cheers. Love you, kid. Thank you.